0: It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610-KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall. Hello, friends. Welcome to Cadillac On Call, presented by the Cadillac Foundation. And each week, we are here to talk about the latest health and medical news that is important in our area, and like it has been for the past two and a half years, we'll get you caught up on where we stand with COVID-19 in the community as we come out of the final three day weekend holiday of the summer, that being Labor day weekend also tonight we 're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about a very important awareness project that is being launched this month in the month of September, and that is focused on suicide awareness we 'll be talking about how you can participate in gaining some of these materials to help promote the warning signs and and uh, things that we all should be aware of relative to suicide awareness and we 'll also talk about some of the ongoing educational opportunities available around the Tri-Cities area that you can take advantage of to make sure uh, all of us are doing all we can to to be aware of this uh, incredibly important topic. But first, we're going to address our latest COVID concerns. And for that, we will go to the phone and and welcome Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. And Heather, I touched on we're coming out of that three day weekend, last three day weekend of the summer, that being Labor Day. Where are we? Where do we stand at this point as, as we get ready to, I guess, work our way toward colder weather?
1: um right now in general our rates and activity is holding steady in both the community rates and our hospitalizations and it's been that way for the last you know several weeks as as we've watched the data very carefully which is good news um we've kind of settled into this this level of normality where we're just seeing the data hold steady not going up significantly unfortunately not going down either but but holding steady um hospitalized rates, again, holding steady, and we're not seeing our acute care facilities being overburdened, which is exactly what we want to see. Unfortunately, we are starting to see some activity happening in the school population, and that's within actually the adults, the, the teacher and the staff is where are following a couple of outbreaks so we know that schools being open now, they're barely a, into the, the first week of school, starting to see a little bit of increased activity in the, the staff and their COVID rates. And will that spill over into the classroom? We're just gonna have to wait and see on that one. Our um, our case rates are still considered low at about 100 cases per 100,000 people in, in our community. Uh, the test site out at CBC West, again, we're not testing as many people as we were certainly several months ago. And over the last week, there was about uh 435 people tested. But the positivity rate is still pretty high at 37, almost 37.5%. And so that tells us that there are definitely sick people if, you know, almost, you know, almost 40% of people showing up at the test site actually are COVID positive and probably symptomatic. And this is actually the first time we've seen an increase in the positivity rate out there, but very, very, very slight increase. Um, Probably the most interesting bit of data comes from our wastewater surveillance And over this last week, we did see a sudden spike in the concentration of virus in the wastewater testing program. And what we know historically means there's a lot of COVID in our community, a lot of infections. We're not seeing people test like they were. So really, wastewater is a good indicator of the, the rate, the number of people, how much COVID is out there. In about a couple of weeks is when we'll see the outcome of all of that. Historically, if we see wastewater rates, uh, concentration rates go up, within a couple of weeks, we start to see hospitalization rates go up. So it, it will be interesting to watch and see if that holds true this time as well.
0: So I know the wa- the wastewater data point that you have introduced in the last uh, several months is is uh, something that uh, is relatively new to add to all of the other data points that we are following. Uh, so what you're saying again, these lagging indicators, we might see something in the area of an increase in numbers, what based on what we're seeing today.
1: Right, and understanding that people are not testing it at the test sites like they were. If they are testing, they're more likely to be testing in their home, and those home test kits are a really great tool, and we we do encourage people to continue to use them as part of their their routine of whether to go visit grandma, grandpa, or go visit another vulnerable person. But that doesn't give us the data to say, yes, it is going up, rates are going down. So we really rely on that wastewater concentration as an indicator of really how much COVID is in our community.
0: I know probably the the, the most timely news for folks that we were talking about a week ago is this booster for both Pfizer and Missouri, Moderna uh, folks uh, who have been vaccinated is due to arrive in our community uh, probably anytime soon. What can you tell us about that and when should people and who qualifies? I know there's uh, it's not somebody uh, where we are in the sequencing of these and who should be getting those.
1: Well, right now we're we're anticipating both the Moderna and the Pfizer um, bivalent booster vaccines to start arriving in our community. Uh, any day now, and we should be receiving some at the health district, and then we then redistribute out to our local medical providers. Pharmacies should be receiving it as well. So we encourage people to either reach out to their provider or check in with the local pharmacy to see if they've received that yet. And as far as who should get them, remembering that um, it's really important that the most vulnerable people have access to it first and let that person be first in line, but we're not hearing right now any any indication that there's going to be a restriction. Um, time will tell, but at this point in time, it's really age-related and who qualifies for the the Moderna versus the Pfizer. And Pfizer is for 12 years and older, and Moderna is the adult version of it. Um, you know, and some people may look at it the same way they do the flu vaccine. There are people who get the influenza vaccine as soon as it arrives in their local pharmacy so that they can start mounting that immunity and be protected through the season. Same holds true with COVID vaccine. If, if you qualify for your booster now, um, now's a good time to get it. If you are somebody who prefers to wait a little bit, maybe closer to holiday times or or time you're going to visit a vulnerable person, whatever way you choose to go, make sure you're giving your body two to three weeks to mount that immune response before you attend that event that you wanted protection at. You know, same thing is true with influenza vaccines. You need to wait two to three weeks after that influenza vaccine for you to really have full immunity from from that vaccine.
0: Interesting point, because I know uh, when you were addressing the other key point is that people, if they haven't gotten their full booster sequence, they should not go get this one. Meaning if someone hasn't got their initial round of COVID vaccines, they should not go and get this booster. Now they should start at the beginning.
1: Right. You have to have the first two in the series, which is the regular COVID vaccine, that mRNA vaccine that came out early on in the pandemic you need to get those two that series on board and then use this as your booster it is not considered a primary dose series because it has some of the original in it and then it does cover the two variants ba4 and ba5 variant so you really want to get that really good immunity from that first two in the series and what this then the booster does is it gives you a little um, kind of pokes your immune system and says, wake up, build your immunity up again. And it does help build immunity specifically to that BA4 and BA5 variant.
0: Final question I'll sneak in two for one, uh, two questions for one answer. One of them is um, if I had Pfizer, should I get Pfizer with this bivalent booster or in the same with Moderna, or can I get one or the other?
1: It's kind of the same thing as the first go around. Get what you have access to. That's the most important thing. Get what you have access to as soon as you feel comfortable getting it.
0: So, again, caution right now, especially as we get ready to head into the fall season uh, and we're going to be around more gatherings of people that just, just do be aware and, and know that it's not, uh, we're not immune from this, so to speak.
1: Right. Don't be complacent. It's more than just the common cold. We continue to see two to three deaths a week from this virus. And we just can't let our guard down. And we need to continue doing whatever we can to protect ourselves, our family and our loved ones.
0: Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. Again, the Health District has a wonderful website of resources, not only for the latest on COVID, but a wide array of public health issues that we all need to be aware of. And by all means, when that flu vaccine is available to you, I'm sure Heather would say, get it.
2: You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610-KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall.
0: It is a critical public health issue across our country and here in our community as well, and that is Suicide. Sadly, our community has seen incidents of suicide over the last couple of years that certainly one is too many, but there have been more than one. And uh, so September happens to be Suicide Awareness Month, but uh, also there's an interesting, there's a really important collaborative happening in the community coming together to raise the warning signs and and things that we should be all aware of relative to suicide. And it coincides with the national effort, a three-number crisis suicide crisis lifeline which is 988 that if you know of someone or you yourself who happens to be listening today uh, that might have some concerns about suicide uh, you can call that number and there are trained professionals available at any time of the day or night to talk. We're with us uh, joining us tonight is Molly Calhoun who is a director of nursing at Catholic and is active with Catholic's community health collaborative focusing on important community health issues such as suicide awareness and Molly is with us tonight and Molly I know So it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be September to talk about this topic, but I know uh, there's a great awareness campaign happening throughout the community to make sure that everyone is aware and that I guess it's maybe making it more out in the open that it's okay to talk about this important issue, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. One of our main goals is is community engagement. and, And I think the first immediate step in that is just raising awareness. So This campaign was something that was um, immediate access to the resources people need um, when they're having a mental health or suicide crisis, Um, and we just wanted to find a fun way that the community could come together and get the message out there.
0: And what and what can the community do to get involved with this?
3: Uh, Great question. So uh, everyone can do something. We really wanted to make this um, very easy for people to participate. We kind of have a motto as participating is as easy as one, two, three. Um, So we worked with a local designer to create a a graphic for a message that has the – the 988 line on it. And uh, so community members can choose to participate by displaying that message. And there's many different ways. Um, We have different um, formats of the graphic available. So you could update your social media page with the graphic. You could, if you owned a business that has a digital reader board, you could put the graphic on the reader board. Um, You can order uh, posters or banners, um, window clings, yard signs, things like that. We had some T-shirts designed. Um, we, we really just wanted to create a, a number of options for people to kind of personalize the message in ways that, that works best for them. Um, one of the really great things about this project is that we had um, really generous support from the Cadillac Foundation, and they purchased um, a number of posters and window cleans uh, that will be available for free to community members at the Cadillac HealthPlex. Um, you can pick those up starting tomorrow in the HealthPlex library. Um, and they're really they're really nice looking signs. They're vibrant colors. Uh, they'd really look good anywhere. So so we're really hoping those supplies go quickly and that the community members get get those messages up and we just kind of flood the community with with that signage of support um, and, and awareness.
0: And so people can pick those up at the healthplex beginning thursday september 8th and the catholic healthplex is located at 1268 lee boulevard it's easy to find right in the central part of richland just a couple of blocks south of catholic regional medical center and so during the daytime hours people can just drop in and i'm sure there will be all of these materials uh visible so they can figure out where to go to pick their own up is that correct
3: yes that's correct and then we also have um Uh, our wonderful team of community health workers here at Cadillac that we plan to send out into the community um, with the flyer for how um, individuals and businesses can participate. And we'll also send them out um, stocked with some of those free um, uh, posters and window clean. So, you know, hopefully you see them out in, in your area soon. We're going to be hitting up um, businesses in all parts of our community. Um, we'll, we'll stop people on the street and offer them a window cling. Uh, we, we really just want to get the message out and engage with businesses and community members um, to, to help raise awareness. So we should be starting that um, tomorrow and then probably uh, be out in the community throughout next week getting, getting those signs out.
0: So if you'd like to take part in this, the two ways that you can do that, you can drop by during the week to the Catholic HealthPlex Resource Library, and that address is at 1268 Lee Boulevard in Richland, beginning on Thursday, September the 8th, while supplies last. And those thanks to the Catholic Foundation to make those materials. Or you can contact the Catholic Community Resource Desk. then that is at 509-942-2956. And uh, while we have you, uh, Molly, if you could, on what, what do people need to be aware of? The second half of our program, we're going to spend some time with uh, Courtney Armstrong, who teaches uh, some incredible awareness program classes that people can take part in. But if you could maybe set that up for us, Molly, from your, respect, uh, your perspective as a nurse and someone who's been involved in this community health partnership to really raise the visibility on suicide awareness, what do people really need to be aware of?
3: Yeah, I think they need to be aware, first and foremost, to prioritize their own mental health um, and promote self-care. You know, there's a lot of stress in our world right now. just in general, and I think priority number one has to be the individual. You can't help others if you're, you, you know, you're not um, at your best and you're most healthy. So, really reminding everyone to take a minute, evaluate their mental health, uh, make sure they're doing good self care. We have some really great um, community resources, counselors, and therapists that are available. Uh, there's a lot of great virtual um, options for accessing mental health care. As you said, um, Courtney will be on to share some education and training, Catholic offers on uh, suicide awareness and prevention. And so I would just really encourage everyone, step one, to, to take care of themselves. Um, and make sure they're informed uh and then i guess that that would really lead people into to step two once once you're well informed and you're in a and you're in a healthy state um and feel supported i think that really empowers each of us to kind of normalize and spark conversations about mental health sharing our own experiences with others and it doesn't have to be formal intervention or even in a time of crisis i think Having open dialogue and just kind of making it the norm to check in on each other um, and have those conversations just part of the everyday is is extremely important um, and, and can have a very big impact with a little amount of effort or resources needed Um yeah, and, and then just participating in these community events that helps deepen our understanding of mental health resources in the community and encouraging people to check in on their, their families, friends, and neighbors.
0: And we had touched on, as we set this up and, and about this awareness campaign, it, it's it's born out of a, a community health collaborative that Catholic has initiated in the Tri-Cities area. And if you would take a minute to tell our community listeners just how important this is, because there is a, a very cross-sectional group of community agencies that have come together to really team up in this arena, not only for suicide awareness, but community health in general.
3: Yes. So the Catholic Population Health Community Collaborative um, is, is fairly new. I think we're maybe two years old at this point. Um, and it's unique in that it's not just a healthcare care focused um, committee. We We are really focused on you know, improving the overall health and well being of the community and not necessarily always through a very strict healthcare lens. So, we have a very di- gr- excuse me, diverse group of um, committee members. We have uh, members from our healthcare team, members from healthcare teams um, out in the community, from the health department. We have business leaders. Um, uh, that are not necessarily in healthcare. We have um, people who work with homeless populations, representatives from our local public schools, and also from like WSU. And so, so the group is is planning and working on interventions like this community message campaign. But they're also working on other things, like for example, um, making sure our community has a good for um, mental health professionals. So working with WSU on the curriculum and programs they offer and making sure we have um, those types of things available in our community. And, and hopefully we're recruiting our own community members to come back and care for the community. So that's that's just one example um, of, of something, you know, we've worked on in that committee. But, primary care access is something we're working on. And, and then this was really step one, this messaging campaign of what we want to do to focus on mental health. We know there are not adequate resources in the community. That's a much bigger um, challenge to, to tackle. Um, but, but we look forward to the challenge. And I think we've got a great group of people at the table to really drive change.
0: Well, when folks hear this term population health, this is exactly what we're talking about. Molly, thanks so much for taking the time. Again, if you'd like to take advantage and pick up some of these uh, suicide awareness resources, the Health HealthPlex Library, 1268 Lee Boulevard, beginning Thursday, September 8th. They're available there. Or you can have uh, your questions answered by calling the Catholic Community Resource Desk at area code 509-942-2956. Welcome back to Catholic on Call presented by the Catholic Foundation. And we're continuing to shine our focus on the very important topic of suicide awareness and a program that is being unveiled just this week here in the Tri-Cities area focused on 988, the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline that you can call or text that if you yourself or know of someone who might be having some uh, issues related to suicide and contemplating suicide, and we're happy to join be joined right now by Courtney Armstrong, who is a community health program specialist at Catholic, and one of her specialties as that specialist is in the area of suicide awareness and education. And Courtney is uh, connected to uh, some very important uh, educational programs that are offered throughout the year in our community, and we wanted to bring her on and uh, provide some initial context about the the scope of the problem in our community, in our country, and most importantly, or as importantly, some of the warning signs and some of the the signs that we should all be aware of. So, Courtney, first of all, if you would, thanks for taking the time to be with us, but give our listeners maybe a brief overview of the scope of the suicide Uh, situation in our country and in our community.
4: Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for focusing on this important topic. So just a quick overview of some numbers nationally and locally. Um, Suicide is the 12th leading cause of death um, with almost 46,000 individuals who died by suicide in 2020. Um, The the population that is at greatest risk of suicide that we see the highest number is is that middle-aged male population, which accounts for 48% of suicide deaths? So that's that 35 to 64-year-old age range in the male population specifically. So males um, die by suicide 3.0, um, almost 4%, four times more than women actually. So that middle-aged male population is very much affected. Um, and then we do see firearms account for over half of all suicide deaths. Um, And then when we look at um, the overall amount of suicides, we have actually seen a decrease since COVID, which is actually really interesting since um, oftentimes we hear that COVID has, um, you know, made this problem worse. So um, I do want to make sure to point out that it has dropped um, by a little bit, which is really great and encouraging, and some of that is credited towards Um, how everybody is starting to talk about mental health more, which is really great. There's so much more focus on talking about how we're doing mentally, and that needs to continue. Um, And then there's a lot of focus from employers, different organizations, to encourage um, their individuals, their employees, their families to prioritize mental health. Um, And then we also saw some more togetherness since COVID, especially in the initial um, year when there was a lot of shutdowns and more people were working from home, more kids were doing schooling from home. And so in that positive home environment, that togetherness um, really increased those protective factors for suicide, which is great. So research shows those are a few things that have contributed to that decrease. But I do wanna make sure to say that even though the overall suicides have decreased, um, we have actually seen, seen an increase in risk factors. Um, So we want to make sure to keep in mind that we can have an increase in risk factors for suicide, such as depression, anxiety, substance use, financial stress, but it does not necessarily translate into an increase in deaths. So even though that overall number dropped, we still do see um, so many people affected across the nation and locally by suicide, and so it's still very much a major problem as well as mental health.
0: Touched on the, the risk factors increased. How do you, how is that measured, and and why is that important to be aware of?
4: Yeah. So with suicide prevention, um, there's a few things that we can do. Um, one of the easiest things we can do is be more aware and pay attention um, to how those we spend a lot of time with are acting. Um, so you know what what are our family, our coworkers our peers, um, what are their normal behaviors, Um, what do they normally do, how do they normally talk. Um, And if we notice that something is off and something is unusual, that provides us with an opportunity to step in and see if they're okay. So some of the risk factors to look out for are things that are associated with health, so maybe um, some new mental health conditions or a chronic physical health issue. Pain and insomnia and substance use are major risk factors as well as um, our environmental factors. So things like um, very stressful life events that are going on. So like divorce, financial crisis, legal issues, um, social isolation has been huge, especially since um, COVID with our um, senior population, that isolation has been a risk factor. Um, And then also historical factors. So things like um, family history of suicide, Neglect, abuse, trauma, um, and so there's things that are happening in our lives, um, everyday things that we have to go through, everyday challenges, um, and some individuals are affected more um, by certain risk factors than others. So it's just really important to pay attention to um, things that are going on in our own lives, in the lives of those um, that we are close to, so we're able to check in with them when we need to
0: and that's a good thing i know we make so much about the the negatives of covid and and the fact that as you touched on that that maybe some of the things that brought us closer together is just the the things that forced us to be together. But I know we talked about the issues of go check on your neighbor. You know, if there's a especially if it's an elderly or someone who may not be able to get out and be as mobile as they otherwise would be. And so maybe those are some of the hidden benefits of COVID. And certainly in such an important issue as suicide awareness, I would I would like you to address if you would. And you touched on these a little bit. Uh, but th- there's a couple of different programs that uh, I know you focus on in your education. Uh, let's, uh, before we go to our our, our break, before we, uh, uh, we have one more break with you or one more segment with you, but maybe let's address uh, one of the two. There's You talk about mental health first aid uh, education and then uh, an acronym QPR. Why don't we begin with QPR and what that is and how people can uh, take advantage of that education?
4: QPR stands for Question, Persuade, Refer, and it is a suicide prevention training. So it focuses specifically on how to recognize the warning signs of suicide, how to talk with someone you're concerned about, um, and how to provide that help and hope um, to get those individuals to professional help. So this training is for anybody and everybody. Um, the focus is to get this training to individuals who are not mental health professionals. um, Just like CPR, we want everybody to be able to identify when someone's in a physical health crisis and be able to intervene and provide them with that hope and safety until a professional is able to arrive. The same thing with QPR is just educating on what to look for and how to provide that hope um, until a professional is able to help that individual with their mental health crisis.
0: Quickly, what does QP and R stand for?
4: It stands for Question, Persuade, Refer. So it is all about asking um, how somebody is doing. And then if you identify that somebody is in need, then how to persuade them um, to get help and how to persuade them to stay alive. And then the refer piece is walking you through um, referring them to professional resources.
0: Are the Q and the P part the hardest just because of the fact that if someone is in such a situation, I'm sure it's got to be hard to admit that they're struggling?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and um, honestly, sometimes it's just as hard for us to ask the question and have these conversations than it is for somebody to share with us how they're actually feeling, so it goes both ways, and this training is really targeted to empower um, and make you feel more comfortable in having those conversations um, and helping somebody through that process since a lot of times it's just as stressful for us as it is for them.
0: And if you would, before we go to this uh, commercial break, is how do people, uh, who are you teaching this th- this offering to? Is it employers? Is it church groups? All of these types, schools, etc., are all available? And, and w- what is the time length, and, and how do they access these classes?
4: Yeah, it's absolutely for everybody. And we are really wanting to provide this education to um, the business sector, um, individual groups, so even um, religious groups, parent groups. Um, I've even done them for book clubs before, just um, some group of ladies who are getting together in the evenings. Um, so this really is um, for anybody and everybody because we can use it in our professional life and our personal life. And so to um, set up a free individualized training with me, um, you just go ahead and call um, call our office at 509-943-8455 and let them know you're interested in a qpr training and we could either get you enrolled in an upcoming training or work with you to um, create a customized free training for the group you want us to present to
0: visiting with courtney armstrong a community health program specialist with catholics community health uh, division and again if you'd like to take advantage of these classes uh, you can call 509-943-8455 Welcome back to Catholic On Call, presented by the Catholic Foundation. And the Catholic Foundation is pleased to be part of this awareness effort for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, emphasis on 988. A public information campaign is underway here in the Tri Cities. And if you'd like to take part and pick up some materials to help educate people in your uh, area of life, you can stop by the Catholic Health Uh, at 1268 Lee Boulevard and pick up some of these supplies beginning on Thursday, September 8th. And also, uh, the Catholic Foundation has been involved in other types of uh, community awareness education information. And Courtney Armstrong is a community health program specialist with Catholic. And in our last segment with Courtney, she does some vital education to the community about suicide awareness. And one of the things she mentioned in that last segment is, one of the leading causes of suicide is, is utilizing firearms. And, and Courtney, I know uh, earlier this year you helped spearhead an effort uh, along with the foundation at Catholic to have a, uh, a gun safety lockbox, uh, safe lockbox uh, program through Ranch and Home. Talk a little bit about how that went and why that was so important for this community.
4: That was a great event that, like Jim said, was in partnership um, with the foundation, and we could not have done it without them. And so partnering with Ranch and Home and the foundation to provide a 1,000 firearm locking boxes um, to our community through handing them out at Ranch and Home. So Ranch and Home has been a fantastic partner over the years in providing um, these lock boxes and safe storage education. So when we do see over half of suicide deaths Um, by firearms, that just shows us the importance of making sure our firearms are secure in our home. So not just making sure our firearms are secured, we also need to make sure our ammunition is secured in a separate location. Um, We want to make sure that instead of having it um, safely stored together, they are separate just so it creates an additional barrier Um, to have access to both. And so we really want to educate our community on the importance of keeping our firearms and ammunition locked up in our homes, and making sure that if we are concerned about somebody either in our own home or um, somebody in another home that we do know they have access to firearms, that we are reaching out for help to have those conversations with them to make sure those firearms are securely stored so they do not have access to them. But it's always just safe practice to keep them stored, um, stored safely, even if there aren't any concerns because accidents do happen. And so um, that, the same thing goes with medications. One of the other highest methods of suicide is um, through prescription drugs. And so we really want to focus on safe storage with those prescription medications as well. So the same thing, we want to make sure um, those are securely locked away from access. And then it's always safe practice, even for adults who are needing to take some type of um, prescription medication, that um, there is a second set of eyes on that. So just making sure... Um, that it's being taken when it should be taken, that not too much is taken because it may be done unintentionally. So um, it's really important to make sure we are monitoring the use of these um, pain medications with our children, but also the adults in our home. And then it's really important to make sure we're disposing of medications once they're no longer needed. So I know it's tempting to keep them in our home for a rainy day when we might need them. But in reality, if we truly do need them when the time comes, um, you will be able to get a new prescription for those pain medications. And so making sure when we no longer have a use for them, or when they're outdated, expired, that we are safely disposing of them. And it's really cool throughout our community, throughout the state of Washington, there is a take back program that is totally free. So there are multiple boxes. You can drop them off in in the Tri-Cities area and in the state. And so a lot of times these are either at pharmacies, or um, law enforcement, local police stations. Um, and so just stopping by there and disposing of your medications. And there's also a mail-in program, especially for those who are homebound or um, individuals who live in rural areas. You can actually go online and request um, free mailers to be sent to you, and you're able to put your medications in that and ship them straight from your home for free, and they will be disposed of. And so um, safe storage of medications, and firearms is such an important part of suicide prevention. And honestly, it's the easiest prevention tool we have um, since we do have control of our homes and storing things safely in our homes. So I highly recommend that.
0: One final question, if you would, before we leave. You touched on some of these great partnerships that have evolved over the years here in the Tri-Cities in this area. You touched on the business community, places like Ranch and Home with this with the lock boxes for firearms. You touched on some of the social service agencies and, and substance abuse. There's a Benton, uh, Franklin Recovery Coalition for Substance Use Disorder. Certainly Cadillac has the Population Health Collaborative. And I know the Community Health Council, there's a, a, a tremendous group of community agencies that have come together in this area, not only for suicide Side awareness, but for each you, say all of these behavioral health and mental health and substance use disorder issues.
4: Absolutely. Tri Cities is so lucky that they do have um, a variety of groups that are working on um, behavioral health issues, so improving mental health in our community and trying to reduce substance use. Um, And so it's really cool that all these groups are coming together, especially now more than ever, to partner and make things like the 988 campaign happen and these educational programs happen. Um, And so if you're interested in getting involved, I really encourage you to give us a call at 509 943 8455 and we can help set up um, some different opportunities for you to get involved with any of these groups that are taking place locally since um, everybody truly has a place in suicide prevention um, and you are all doing your part when you're just showing that you care. It's as simple as starting there.
0: Well, you certainly tell the story so eloquently and so importantly, and we thank you for your programs that you're providing to the community. Courtney Armstrong with the Catholic Community Health Programs here in the Tri-Cities. Again, that number, if you'd like to arrange some uh, programs with Courtney, 943-8455. And again, the Public Information Campaign, you can pick up those materials during the week at the Catholic Health Plex at 1268 Lee Boulevard in Richland. Thanks for all of our guests for addressing this important topic, and we'll talk again next week.